Let's do this. Welcome to the Friendship Remastered Podcast. Please don't leave. <laughs> this is not how the podcast usually is. I just figured, since I'm doing the first ad read of this podcast, that I would make it sufficiently um, AM radio for the listeners. I'll keep it short and sweet, especially considering this is my personal ad. I wrote a book called Cain and Abel, spelled C-A-N-E and A-B-L-E. See what I did there? My elevator pitch is pretty simple. It's Breaking Bad meets The Fault in Our Stars, a YA retelling of Cain and Abel about the difference between ambition and obsession. It's available for free now on audiobook. If you sign up for a trial membership of Audible, you get 30 days of their services for free, and you can get my book for free. So try it out. You can also get it in paperback or ebook. The link for it is pretty crazy long, but I shortened it to bit.ly slash c-a-n-e-b-o-o-k. That's bit.ly slash canebook. All right, that's it for now. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. This is, I almost said CNETters because that's how he starts all of his videos. I, I tried to change mine to high internet to be like different and, and make sure that I can actually start talking like a human being. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening, watching, subscribing to Friendship Remastered. This episode, uh, well, first of all, my name's John Matos because I realize I'm not in the VOD uh, on the face cam. And so. I have to distinguish between me and the other, the other, the one next to me, Matt. Um, so I'm John Pintos. Welcome to the show, Matt Snipes. Please Hi. withhold, please withhold your judgment. Hi, my name is Hutch, and I make videos. And put oh, on the- dang it! <laughs> oh my word! Ah, anyway, you didn't see anything. I had to do the Hutch thing. You, you, you realize though, most of the people watching us aren't exactly in the demographic to know who's seen there as in Hutch. Right. If you're watching this because you're a fan of Lost and/or Twin Peaks and/or I spammed uh, my Instagram feed with this information and you wanted to check it out, um, you might not know who Hutch or Nanners are. Uh, they're gamer tags for two YouTube gamers. So there's that. There's that little piece of information to put in your the attic of your mind. Okay, so now that we've introduced ourselves, uh, this is a podcast where me and my friend Matt just talk about things. And so this episode is about what I like to call event television. Um, way back in when I when I was a youngin, um, there, there was a lot of uh, TV that was procedural, which means you could watch, rinse, and repeat every single episode because... There are all these characters on it that, you know, you can rely on them being pretty much the same each episode and for the plots to be pretty much the same until shows like Lost or Twin Peaks or what was the um, what was the gangster show on HBO? Um, oh, The Wire? Or, yeah, yeah, there's The Wire and... Oh, The Sopranos is what I'm thinking of. Oh, Sopranos. Sopranos uh, started a era of television where you need to watch from the beginning because these are characters that are going to change, and the plot is reliant on watching the previous episode and the episode before that, and the story builds throughout. Um, so, I also Character picked... development on television? What? what? And yeah, and I think me and Matt will both say that we enjoy 
shows like this. One of our favorite shows is Breaking Bad, uh, which really predicates upon watching uh, each show in order to get what's um, going on. You can't really watch the ep- episode five or something and uh, yeah, just like jump you... straight to like season three, episode seven, being like. <laughs> Like, yeah, I think I get this. This person. Oh, Heisenberg's at it again. <laughs> no. Like, leave it to Beaver or something. I would watch a sitcom ver- like parody of Breaking Bad, though. That would be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, there there was a sweep of uh, trailers, fake trailers that for like Game of Thrones, and I, I I'm I'm not sure what the other ones were, but I remember one specifically for Game of Thrones that like parody the friends um, oh, nice. intro so yeah those are those are always great so this episode focuses on twin peaks because there was a return of that show on showtime and lost because i'm re-watching it on uh for a podcast called it feels like the first time shout out to steve zaragoza and his two friends and I've never watched Twin Peaks and have seen intermittent episodes of Lost. So, <laughs> but I know I, so I know intelligent. Matt has a strong opinion about Lost. We we argue by proxy over his <laughs> brother's uh, PS, you know, uh, over chat basically. Me and his yeah. brother would play a game, and I remember Lost coming up, and we were like arguing through him. <laughs> for, for a little bit you tell John that he's wrong <laughs> he's so wrong so one, one of the big reasons why I think you have a strong opinion about Lost and I have a strong opinion about Twin Peaks is because of how the episodes start how the show start and what they promise in the first episode versus how it goes on from there and uh, to explain why I'm I'm passionate about Twin Peaks and and uh, why I I did watch the premiere on Sunday over the return, my mom watched Twin Peaks back when it premiered. It was ninety, uh, yeah, nineteen ninety, and she loved the first episode. And if you watch the first episode, it's kind of like this neo noir detective show based in a small town and you get this idea that there's all these people in the town with different secrets and there are kind of quirky characters and you you see uh this small town environment so you get some characters like the secretary who uh, kind of fumbles all of her words and and spends five minutes saying something that you could say in one sentence uh and there's this woman that is obsessed with getting her drapes uh, so that they don't make any noise when you open them and close them but then you also have this girl who was like really popular in her high school who has a cocaine addiction and uh is might also be a prostitute and she's killed and wrapped in cellophane uh and put on on the beach so like you have these two conflicting kind of tones and it was very interesting for people to watch initially but then it just goes really absurd and uh there's demons and mid- uh, midgets in your dreams that uh that float and that also claim to be the missing arm of this other trans-dimensional being 
and it completely just goes off the deep end with the rest of the John, series. I gotta admit, you're selling me on Twin Peaks right about now. <laughs> I had no idea all that stuff was still there. But what my main thing is that I don't mind a weird show. I like Lost. <laughs> Lost is very strange. But what oh. I don't like is when a show trolls you, when it pr- promises one thing, and then automatically nothing means anything. There's no association between one scene and the next. It's about, it, it's a show about dreams. It's a show about uh, love triangles. It's a show about uh, this weird uh, secret, not secret agent, an FBI agent that uh, is always like happy all the time and doesn't seem to be really taking things seriously, but that is also secretly spoiler alert uh, a demon and that's how you get the return on this that happened uh earlier this week which which is just following him as a demon and then him as a a fbi agent still trapped in this place called the black lodge like you it's it's not it's not consistent at all and you follow if you try to follow any semblance of a plot you're not going to be happy and that's what makes the show infuriating and why, uh, even though I watched it because my sister wanted to watch the return of, of Twin Peaks, I, I can't, I just can't do it. It's like, it hurts my brain to even sit down and try. Oh, gosh. This sounds so, amazing. I kind of want to love the show just because you can't stand it. Yeah, so. I, I, I can sense that. So before, <laughs> so before I get into uh, the, the differences between the two shows, um, Explain to me what what you felt, because I don't know if you watched Lost from the beginning, but when you first started watching Lost, and what ended up disappointing you as the show went on. I mean, the primary thing about, the primary disappointment about Lost is just that there either, either there are no answers, or the answers are unsatisfactory, in terms of the initial mystery of the show. So the reason that the the Lost got everyone caught up and captivated in it was that there was this mysterious all these random people with some of them with sketchy past and some of them with you know everyone had some kind of thing in their past like some of them was more serious than others but they all had issues and blah blah and that was, that was kind of interesting but you know a lot of other shows have that the main draw was this mysterious island that had these strange properties these crazy things were going on there and these things were happening to people and no one knew why you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to find out like why this is like that or what's causing this or that. And I think the the thing that got me with Lost that I just couldn't stand was that the they don't they didn't have like a I think the best way to phrase it is in terms of like the Levitt's paradigm type of thing, which it kind of fits, but also does kind of doesn't fit. For those who don't know, the Levitt's paradigm is something where you take three story arcs and you start with the first one, the epic one. And then you, as you progress that, like in the second or third episode, you start another one. In the third or fourth episode, you start a fourth one. And then you kind of – each episode takes the – like the first one focuses on the main arc. And then the second one focuses on one of the side character arcs. And the third one focuses on like one of like the – usually the, the light comedic arc or something. And then as the episodes uh, progress, each I – mean, as the season progresses, each episode is focused on a specific thing. And then – the eventually the arcs get resolved and then the, then the final epic arc is usually resolved last. 
But like, there's like this kind of like exchange of which arc has the focus. And Lost definitely have that. But the problem was is that Lost would just keep creating more arcs and more questions and wouldn't resolve the other ones. It was like, oh yeah, now we're on to Saeed and he's doing his thing. And oh, it's just like, oh, then the next episode, it's like, now we're on to Hurley. And it's just like, well, wait. A-. And then it's just like, oh, okay, Hurley's funny thing. All right, let's check that. And then next week, oh, now we're back on to the, the main thing. And then and like then the following week, we're back on to Jack's thing. And then, oh, now we're on to Jin's thing. I'm just like, you haven't resolved any. It's like, what's going on with Saeed? It's been forever since you even talked about that. That was huge. Like, he was about to kill somebody. And now we're just not even going to, you're not even going to find out for like, who knows how long? And I think that's the thing that got me was like they kept like putting up all these crazy situations and these crazy mysteries and they would just be like just leave them by. They would be like – they would happen like 10 episodes ago or even a season ago and then they're like – they just don't address it. You know, It's just like – it's just not – you know. and then eventually maybe they come up with an answer or excuse or something. And it's just I, – I just got tired of just – like constant questions, mysteries being opened up and there just wasn't, there wasn't resolutions for the other ones. It was just like, it was just like every week, like, Oh, how can we make this? I can just imagine like in the writing room, it's just, how can we make this more interesting? How can we make this more? It's just like, it was just like, I feel like it was one of those writer rooms where it was just like, Oh, and what if this happened? Oh yeah. And then what if this happened? Yeah. And then what if this happened? It's just like, just people constantly, posing new ideas and, and new questions, new things, but they don't resolve anything. And then the last season, they try and resolve everything. And then of course it's just so ridiculous because they're trying to resolve so much at once that it, there's stuff they, they, they never really resolve. They never really answer. And then the other, the other stuff that they supposedly resolve is really unsatisfactory answers because they just try and pack it all in one season and it just doesn't work. You know, and it's like, I don't know, like, you have to have a worthwhile resolution to make it a good mystery, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not really about how mysterious the situation is and how complex and how interesting. Your resolution has to be, like, if you have a really, really uh, strange, mysterious villain concept mystery, your resolution has to be just as ingenious to, to validate that arc. Because, and I, the, the example that I usually go back to is like uh, Doctor Who, particularly like the Tenant um, series when David Tennant was was the Doctor, because um, they were like, and and to some degree uh, early Matt Smith, because they would like these crazy uh, aliens and they these crazy new monsters, and they're like, oh, they do this, they do that, like how the heck is can anyone like survive this or figure this out and then the doctor would figure out some crazy way something you would never even think of you'd be thinking of like oh he's got a he's they got to trap him here or do this or whatever and then like they just come up with some crazy outside the box solution and you're like oh my gosh that's brilliant but i never had that moment with lost i never been like wait that's how that works what no it was like really like a, there's a there's a wheel in the bottom of a well what right how does that what it's it's just like how does that work any the who what and like oh and there's there's the man in black and there's jacob okay and they're That's... they're they're light and dark and i'm like but why how right. they're like they just are they've been on the island forever and they're it's like are they 
special <laughs> beings? Are they no, gods? I'm demigods? I'm going to transition for us. <laughs> but no, but this is, it, it's to your point, because uh, I'm going to get into the tone of the show and the theme of the show and talk about how how fans and people that didn't like it are both kind of stereotyped by the other group and why that I feel like it's unfair. Um, but to me, the theme of the show was about, like I explained before, like the characters changing over time and what makes it unsatisfying for people that were invested in the mystery elements of the show was that it put these the character developments it gave it precedence and then like you said the structure of it is not that strong to where there will be a character arc that you have to wait a whole season because this character is now off island or this character is doing something mysterious that we can't get into yet either because we haven't figured it out yet or you know they're planning what you were talking about with like all of a sudden there's a wheel so Mm -hmm. since you're waiting to do that reveal you have to wait all this time to figure out what their plan is to to get your kind of answer about the mystery elements but then you're missing that character arc you know for a couple different a couple episodes yeah, so and I think that was like a big. I just want to throw this in there real quick. I think that was a big drawback to Lost and large ensemble shows is you have characters you really like and really get invested in, and then they go off and do something, and then it's like it's time to focus on the other characters. And like the character arc that you like the most and are most invested in is now not going to get dealt with till five episodes from now. Mm-hmm. That that to me as a viewer is very frustrating because it's like oh I gotta sit through whatever heck Jack and Kate and whoever else is going through to get back to like John's storyline who I really want to know about and it's just like but that's more than just Lost. There's other shows with large ensemble casts that that uh-huh. becomes a problem. Game of Thrones is is similar in that respect. Yeah, and, and I would say that this is uh, the reason why I include Twin Peaks is because I am very passionate about uh, warning people in terms of like their consumer like Jotham was asking should I uh, is a friend of ours uh, via the internet he was asking should I buy Showtime just to get this show and I'm like no save your money because it has all the same problems that Lost did only the characters are not interesting at all and the mystery is not is less coherent than Lost was and so the only satisfaction you get from watching the show is seeing what I was going to, another point I was going to make about Lost was I think a lot of people that were stereotyped as being, as liking the show, they either said one of two things, either this is, it's a show about the characters, man. Like as if having characters that are likable excuses the fact that you're not getting their backstory or interesting information about them in a coherent way uh or they're like you said the plot is structured in such a way that you will have characters that are missing the whole time and like for seasons and seasons um so uh, i and another and another thing that that gets stereotyped is a bunch of sci-fi fans that are so interested in the ideas like they're kind of falling for the writer's tricks of like that. That's so cool. I want to figure out 
everything I can about this element because it's it's so random and so uh so you know mystical and magical and and everything and people weren't used to seeing that kind of stuff on TV and so they were willing to forgive the show for a lot of the stuff that it was doing that was kind of poor it was poor fan service in, in the sense of giving giving the people a story that is coherent and and something that you can invest in um so i i think that the theme of lost for me and why i i ended up enjoying it in the end was because i was willing to forgive how the so, some of the incoherencies because i saw how it, it introduced very early on the idea of there being some kind of religious or mystic aspect mystical aspect of the show and it was so showing how sometimes when you believe in something that requires faith you're you're tested and you need to wait until just the right time and there was a big theme in the show of your faith being rewarded and I, i felt like that was an interesting way of packing all these different characters into a show that are of different faith backgrounds and are each tackling with uh, their sins being forgiven or their faith being rewarded or not rewarded in such it's in a way that would try to include all these different as many faiths as possible and as many types of different belief systems as possible to make a kind of like this like universalist humanist show that shows how all these different types of people try to change and try to adapt and have their regrets, uh, you know, their guilt washed away or their sins forgiven or uh, how to change and become a better person. And I, I think I, I fall into that trap that all the other people that like this show fell into where they were willing to, because of all these in, in idiosyncrasies of the show, and the things that it was tackling, I was willing to forgive the the different plot elements uh, of it that were that I'll admit were struggled were structured kind of poorly. Uh, See, that's but, that's the main difference between me and you is that you're much more character centric and character oriented. Mm-hmm. And so, if the character if the if the show has strong characters and, a, and an interesting character development thing, like an interesting character development plot, you can forgive the main plot not making sense or messing up or being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And to me, the main plot uh, or the setting are the number one draws from a show. Mm-hmm. Character, interesting characters are secondary. To me, what draws me to shows, and I feel like what draws probably a lot of people, maybe even most people to shows, is the premise and the plot. And then character development is what gets people invested in shows for the long term. But what gets you in initially is the theme, the plot, the premise, which is what brought me into Lost. But then it was became very apparent to me that that was there came a point around like the end of season one um, and, and into season two where it's like, yeah, they really the plot is cl- very clearly not a big focus of the show. Mm-hmm. Like the focus is 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 like seventy percent on the characters, and I'm like I'm. I, they're not that interesting. Like mm-hmm. some characters have have sketchy backgrounds, like Saeed and, and stuff like that, but most of them are just like 
kind of boring lives where they had, you know, relational conflicts or something. And it's like, oh, great. That's okay. Sure. You know, and, and there's, there were a few of them that were interesting, but most of them were, were just kind of like, eh. So I, once it became apparent to me that like the plot was not going to be a focus of this, of Lost, I was like, all right, well, you know, if you guys ever come around to start actually doing something with the plot again, I'll, I'll come back. But otherwise, because that's why I I left at the end of season one and watched a good amount. Well, not leave the end of season one. I left probably halfway through season two, um, and then I kind of watched episodes every now and then intermittently if if I heard something interesting was happening. And then I came back for season five because in season five they're like, okay. It's plot time now. We're ending the show. Yeah. I'm like, all right, finally, we're going to get some things. And even then, they still they, – they opened so many cans of worms, they couldn't close them all convincingly. And, of course, everyone, there's e- – even the even the people like you who are so, who love the characters and were so invested in the characters, and that's the main reason you're watching this show. Even people like you were upset by the, the church scene at the end because uh-huh. you're just like – what? Because it, it's like everybody's response was like, huh? Yeah. It's just like I think a way a uh, way of talking about it without spoiling it, but uh, but kind of leaving it up to interpretation. Uh, and, and that's another thing that that I, I hate like, that too. By the way, I hate it's like the the ending is whatever you want it to be. Right. Just like, screw you guys. <laughs> screw you. You do not know how to write a TV show. This is not how you write a TV show. Well, okay. So here's. Here's my my way of talking about it without talking about it. In case anybody wants to rewatch it along with all of us that listen to the uh, it feels like the first time podcast. <laughs> Quick plug for a show that's not my show. The ending is kind of like if you if you're, if you're aware of the Narnia series in the last Narnia book. I'm gonna spoil this rather than yeah. I know it's like I'm gonna like go out of my way and not spoil this thing by spoiling this other thing. It's like. <laughs> The Pevensey children for for the whole all seven books have been going to Narnia via different magical ways, right? And mm-hmm. at the end of the series, you realize that the last time that they're going, they were gonna get on a train or something, and they actually got run over by it or something. Like, so three of them have died, and what? since the last book is kind of a metaphor for revelations and the end of the world the idea is that they're going to go to heaven with aslan and they're actually going to meet god in person rather than this you know this allegory that we've been following them on the idea is that uh you you're seeing all this time they've been in this weird other place where they've been learning these moral lessons that apply to their lives but Aslan and them are actually going to go to uh, capital H heaven as opposed to uh, being in limbo in this weird thing. So I feel like Lost had a very similar thing where the island was this weird type of purgatory place where they were changing as people and there were actual consequences for what happened. But, But then for some reason the last episode has this weird up to interpretation thing where something very similar happens as happens in the Narnia, Narnia books and it pissed a lot of people off because a lot of people assumed that that meant that everybody there's also this weird thing with time 
um, which oh I, I I have to admit something. I did not watch the last season. I listened to recaps of the last season. So oh my God. you cannot be a lost apologist, John, if you haven't watched the most important. What season. I did was there was a guy named what, what was it, Danny B, or Shawnee B. B on YouTube that did recaps, and so I think for I watched the finale episode live when it aired. But I didn't see any of the preceding episodes from that oh season. Gosh. I just listened. I just watched Shawnee B's uh, up, recaps up, of them. Opinion invalidated, John. <laughs> Completely. I knew you were gonna do this. I knew it. Completely. Uh, so you don't even understand half the stuff I'm. I mean, I get. Well, it's. Uh, this show gets me frustrated to talk about more than any other show because it, it, it's like it had so much potential and it did and it's just like set so much stuff up right and then it was just like it, it's so, not like it it didn't knock down the pins wrong it's just like it just like didn't oh gosh it's so hard to explain because it's just like it set all the pins up in a most interesting and fascinating way you're like oh my gosh I can't I can't wait to figure out how they left, got knocked down and then down. It left and went to a bowling alley and didn't even deal with the pins. Yeah, then it just like then it just some some writer just walked up to like the two pins on the end, tipped them over and was like, "That's it, it's over." I'm just like, what about like the twenty other pins you just left standing up? Like, <laughs> what? And it's like, no, we totally answered like those questions by knocking those other two pins down. I was like, no, you didn't. And it's just like, right. I just. And uh, I think I think what 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 makes both of these shows stick out in my mind is the fact that it doesn't seem like the cre- it seems like the creators wanted to do something with the these shows that was different than other forms of long form television and my warning to those who would want to check out Twin Peaks is that this show does not care whether you don't get it and I'm not sure that there's a there are answers like you might <laughs> have been unsatisfied with the answers on Lost there are no answers in Twin Peaks and uh, See, but the thing is, I can I can respect that more. I can respect it when they say, "Look, this show's just nuts. Either you're with it or you're not." And I'm like, "Okay, at least you're upfront and honest about it." Lost tries to sucker you in, be like, "Hey, man, it's crazy, it's weird," and it's just like, <laughs> "But don't worry about, you know, it's just like we're gonna answer all of them. The answers are coming." No, they're not. <laughs> But that's and I I'll I'll comment shortly about I don't think we can really get into individual characters or or, or because both of them are kind of like um what do you call that you were, you mentioned it before they're they have a huge cast um, oh ensemble shows yeah ensemble shows are they're so hard to go character by character without getting on their tangents and up tangents but the last thing I'll say is that both of them have um tone issues and i feel like with twin peaks what happened to my mom and what's happening to my sister right now with the revival i i almost feel like like what you said like they're drug pushers these show producers like <laughs> they get people hooked on something and you're just like no don't give up your time to this thing it's gonna waste your life um they, both of them have this underlying thing of there is something sinister going on here and look at these cute characters that we made to to distract you from the fact that we really don't know what we're doing behind the scenes <laughs> and so i like 
the types of endings, and I think they did enough in Lost to have with the different emotional journeys that it takes you on with each character to justify watching the show. And even if they didn't entirely uh, hit the mark in terms of the executing the plot and and giving you a satisfying uh, plot ending that is coherent throughout the show. Twin Peaks is not concerned in actually giving you something to justify how weird it is. And that, I'm telling you, like, no other series or TV show or book has affected me this way. To like, I watched Twin Peaks the first four episodes, and I'm like, "This, there's nothing here. They are tricking people into watching this show, and not giving them anything for their time, and it, it, it's enough to drive me up a wall. And it's it's the first time that I actually understood what people that watched Lost and were disappointed felt like. Um, and and yeah. it's it's crazy. But at least in Twin Peaks, you could figure it out in four episodes. In Lost, you have to like watch a whole season before you realize they're not really going to tell you anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so defeated by, by talking about Twin Peaks. I'm giving up so much ground on Lost. I kind of want to become a rabid fan of the show now, just to infuriate you. Just be like, well, no, John, you don't understand. There's so much. You have to just like sit down and watch like every episode, and then it'll start to make sense, John. Well, I'll, I'll give you this: that the the uh, since Twin Peaks only had two seasons, like maybe had a half of the second season, it wouldn't be that hard for you to like catch up on that so that you understand because it doesn't it does nothing to explain anything that happened in the previous episodes in the new show they do nothing at all to okay to help well, you. I might, did, did like the new does the new season start at a point where it's like easy to pick up or is it like it just it just picks up where they left off and you're like we're not gonna we're not even gonna bother to set this up yeah, again no they don't set it up at all so if you <laughs> just watch something if you're gonna hurt if you're gonna if you're gonna enter this the the, the gateway drug that is Twin Peaks. <laughs> And, and get yourself hooked on non-linear, you know, <sighs> screw you storytelling, then watch a recap of the original Twin Peaks series, and then I open, up, open up your veins for... <laughs> Jeez. This stuff. Man, your analogy's going to be so dark. <laughs> it's, it's, this is kind of great. I've never, oh, I've never heard you talk so, about a so, show that's just broken you. <laughs> I love it. Well, one thing I will reveal is that on my Instagram, I did a a video of the um, Tootsie Pop commercial from the 90s where the kid asks, how many licks does it take to get the center of Tootsie Pop? And the mm-hmm. owl like starts licking it. And then I intersplice a photo from the show of this tree with this weird white amorphous blob thing on the top <laughs> of its – on the like – top of the tree okay. and i was like doesn't this look like a ha- like a half-stuck lollipop or is that just me and then it's, <laughs> it's the owl with like wide eyes like as if it got to the center and this was what was there um oh gosh because that is a that is a character and it it talks it's it's not just a, tr- a weird looking tree <laughs> oh my gosh speaks. i need to watch the show <laughs> yeah just, for for my sake just watch the first two it's a, it was a two-hour premiere. Just, like, help yourself and then tell me that you're not that you, you're not suicidal by the end of it. 
See, that's the thing, though, is that I feel like Twin Peaks was... I feel like Twin Peaks was probably an attempt to do a Twilight Zone type of show, but they couldn't sell it with they couldn't sell it without having like a procedural element to it. So like, uh-huh. well, fine, we're just gonna put the same characters in every episode. Th- every episode is gonna be different, and none of them are gonna connect to each other. But the right. network says they want they want it to be procedural, so we're gonna try and like throw some procedural elements in, but we're not gonna rectify them. And I think maybe it took like a season and a half for the network to figure it out. They're I, like, wait. I feel minute. like that's such a that that like it screams to me that that is like a bald faced thing that they did. Whereas with Lost, you at least you you have this first episode where there's all these mysteries set up, like what is the monster in the in the jungle? Mm-hmm. What is um, redacted? Like what the, these different characters are conflicting, and you have that element to it. Um, there's there's mysteries that it sets up, and then the rest the, the next episode you start getting the flashbacks and then you realize, oh, this is more about the character's emotional journey than it is the mysteries on the island. And the mysteries are going to service the emotional parts, not the other way around. Uh, yeah. Well, once I figured that out, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, Michael in that episode of The Office, no, please, no, no. I was so upset. But, like, Twin Peaks did that to me, where I started watching it thinking that all the weird elements of the show were going to service whatever these people are going through. But, like, everything, it's like it's like watching a parody of a show that is not aware that it's a parody. Like, the only purpose of the show is to make fun of uh, love triangles, make fun of procedurals make fun of uh like some a show like lost that has all these weird nonsensical elements but then not no, have any like emotional backbone at all more. you don't like any of the characters you don't care what the mystery is because it none of it none of the characters even if they're behaving in a, in a sinister way want anything that makes sense like <laughs> so you don't really care about their you know, plans because the plans, there's not a plan. <laughs> it sounds like an absurdist, like mystery type show, uh, almost like almost like like a comedic absurdist. Yeah. Type have, have you heard it. of Have you heard I of love uh, Dirk Gently? No, I don't think so. That is a, the, so the guy that wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. did a, a detective series called Dirk Gently. And he's what he calls he calls himself a holistic detective, where mm-hmm. instead of like Sherlock Holmes being deductive and seeking information to um, to synthesize, you know, as some kind of plot or some kind of you know plan that the bad guy has, he just kind of like hangs around, and he his theory is that if he just hangs around long enough all the information will come to him. Okay. And and every case that actually happens, like it just happens in such a way that he can so like I think I think there might it's kind of like in psych where, you know, the conceit is that he is psychic but he just 
uh, he just sees patterns and sees different things in a way that other people don't to where the mystery kind of presents itself. It's kind of a similar idea. And so the main character in Twin Peaks is kind of like that, where there is no, he's not intelligent in the classical definition of the word. He just has sure. these weird visions. And uh, another part of the thing about the show that I think led to its cancellation was that he wanted, I think David Lynch, the guy that wrote and direct, created the show and directed it, he wanted the mystery to last, I think, like Lost did, like multiple seasons. But they forced him to reveal who the bad guy was in the second season. Okay. So I think that contributed to the uh, the show not – like what sense it did make stopped making sense because he had to start adding more of those procedural elements into the show. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that people are assuming about this new Showtime revival is that he doesn't have any restrictions whatsoever. So he can – make it as weird as he wanted to in the first place and nobody's really going to tell him not to because it has you know whatever numbers the the higher the remainder of this recording has been seized by the u.s government um right but yeah i'm not i'm not going to hurt myself i've I've, I've already (laughs) been hurt once that's great Okay, yeah, you've definitely convinced me that I need to check this out now. <laughs> just, just because of the amount <laughs> that of pain that's caused. In fact, it was the problem. exact opposite. But I, <laughs> I guess if you're happy, oh gosh, like I want to, I kind of want to like and say make have home by ten. I kind of want to make this like a reoccurring thing where it's just like I can't stand loss because of what it did to me. And you're an apologist for the show, and well, I'm gonna be the opposite. I'm an apologist of Twin Peaks because you can't stand what it did to you. Well, I'm this is just gonna be a new feud between I'm us. I'm planning on one of our podcasts to be Pie versus Cake. Oh, good lord! So we can nuke that one out sometimes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll just leave people that to people's imagination. Like, like, twi- like, kind of like Twin Peaks. Kind of like what that show does. Yeah, we're never actually gonna have a podcast about it. We just mentioned it now. We're never actually gonna come back to it. It's great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and and watching the deterioration of my soul for your enjoyment. <laughs> and uh, hope you tune and in mine. next time. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off here. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>